Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast uh, with me, Tony Mack, and Ben Aiken from Narrow in the Field. to York this weekend with part one of the pod taking in the EBA Day uh, EBA Day at uh, York Races of course on the Knavesmire covering three races including the big handicap itself on the fourth and final day of the York EBA Festival uh, then we close out with the Pod Blast uh, we close out the Pod Blast with our football Trixie top, middle and bottom as we continue our season long journey into the Scottish Lower Leagues and uh, I noticed you haven't put on the on the script here, Ben, that I cleaned up last week. How dare yeah, you? We'll come out. We'll come out later, mate. Back, back in your box. Right. Jeezo. Jeezy peeps, man. Jeezy peeps. Uh, it's uh, racing first, The uh, starting with the coverage of the Melrose Handicap, due off at 2.25 on Saturday at York. Ben, can you start us off with that one? And welcome along, mate. Hello, Tony. Yep, the the Melrose handicap uh, class two for three year olds over one mile six. A handful of trends to help listeners narrow the field in this staying handicap. The last fifteen winners were all returning off a break of between twelve and forty five days, had won at least once in the current season, and were yet to run over further than one mile six in their career. And using those trends as my basis, I'd be looking at a shortlist for the Melrose of something along the lines of Middle Earth, The Goat, Edge of Darkness and Fox Journey. Now, The Goat, he mm-hmm. comes into this off the back of a, a thumping win at Glorious Goodwood last time out. And Andrew Borden does like to fire one at the Melrose. Um, he has sent 17 to the race since 2003. I know Mark Johnson has sent more to the race in that time frame. Now, if you look at Baldings, Colts and Geldings in the Melrose that won last time out. You get two winners and three placed horses and one of the other ones finishing fifth. And that's from seven qualifiers. Now the GOAT fits that profile and I thought it was soft that's bordering on heavy ground that he won on last time out at Goodwood. I'm not actually sure he needs that ground. Um, he's by Craxman. Plenty of his offspring enjoy decent ground. I think it was it was probably more the goat stammer reserves that came into play at Goodwood rather than his need for testing ground. I do like his chances here in the Melrose. I think he'll say the trip well. Uh, he would be where my thoughts are right now. The goat. Uh, I'll almost certainly have something else on side as well, but I'll have a proper dig into the, the race when I cover it for my members later on today. But the goat is the one that the, the Top of my thinking, Tony. What have you got for the Melrose? Uh, yeah, I've got a similar uh, similar shortlist as well, Ben. And I have uh, the goat on it as well. I'll be playing the goat tomorrow at his current price uh, off the market. The fifth time I've asked him when blowing apart a key race for this contest at uh, Glorious Goodwood earlier this month, beating eleven rivals by, uh, as you say, a massive 12 lengths. Jason Watson keeps the ride on him here. Uh, He may not win, but the son of Cracksman can hit the frame for us at uh, a double-figure price at the moment, with a number of firms uh, paying four places on the race. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Hopefully, uh, get a big run from the goat. And my other one is also on your your shortlist, Ben. Uh, 
Fox Journey finished 15 lengths adrift of the Gore to Glorious Goodwood, but one and a quarter lengths ahead of the rest of the 12 runner field. Uh, the Roaring Lion Colt completely blew the start at Goodwood when sent off a well fancied 5 to 1. Uh, goodness knows why he's 12 to 1 uh, for Saturday's race. Uh, made headway over two furlong out, but never had a chance with a winner as everything uh, happened a little bit too quickly for it in front of him uh, because of his poor start. Um, and he can improve here if uh, starting better under jockey William Buick, who, uh, who rides the uh, three-year-old tomorrow. So Fox Journey for me and uh, the GOAT I'll be playing in uh, that race and a few firms paying four places on it. So a couple of each-way bets there. Three o'clock, the City of York Stakes, Ben. Oh, uh, over to you, your fancy for the three o'clock at York. Yes, the York Stakes, Group 2 over 7 furlongs. Um, I would be looking at a shortlist for this of Tin Ross, Isaac Shelby, Olivia Moralda and Sandrine. Uh, Kin Ross won this last year. It comes here still at the top of his game after winning the Lennox Stakes last time out. I, I do think he's the right favourite for this, but he's a tight sort of price um, and it's a, it's a deep enough race. I can see him winning, obviously. But I'm not adverse to playing something else in the race because he does put most of the others on a, a playable each way sort of price. Isaac Shelby ran Kinross to the neck last time out in the length stakes, so clearly doesn't have much to find with the fave. If you look at Isaac Shelby over trips short of a mile and at group two level and below, you see his three wins and a second from four starts. And Isaac Shelby, he's a horse I do like. He's one I'd consider playing each way in this. He's just about an each way price. Uh, Olivia Moralda ran a big race last time out from a poor draw. She finished fifth in the Jersey Stakes at Royal Ascot. She was the only horse that day drawn in a double-figure stall. She was drawn 15 off 15. Uh, she was the only horse to finish in the first eight to come from a double-figure stall. So she definitely deserves a markup for that effort. Quick ground and seven furlongs are ideal for her. She'll get that on Saturday. She looks overpriced at double figures. Olivia Moralda. And Sandrine is also worthy of a mention. Now, she's not one in four starts this season. But she run has run well on most of those starts. And they reached a visor for the first time here to try and spark her back into life. And she finished third in this last season. And if you look at her at group two level and below, over six or seven furlongs on tracks with undulations. You see she has four wins and three placed efforts from seven starts, and she gets those conditions on Saturday, and she could well outrun her odds if the visor works, Sandrine. So I definitely see the case for Kinross, um, but I'd be happy to play one or two others and each way price, and Olivia Moralda, around 12, 14 to 1, would be the one I'd be looking to be with right now. Tony, what have you got? I have got uh, Kinross. I can't. I wouldn't let anybody uh, put anybody off Kinross here. I think it's a, a, a solid favourite, but I won't be playing it. Uh, audience, I have here Ben, uh, last of six in the Group Two Lennox Stakes of Glorious Goodwood earlier this month. Uh, Rab Havlin knows this horse really well. They clearly still think. Uh, I, I think they still think he can make his mark in a Group Two contest. It's one over a similar trip. One on uh, good to firm, two from three wearing a hood since the uh, the uh, application of a hood and goes on a slightly undulating track. I think uh, audience can go well at an each-way price. And also, uh, I follow you in with uh, Isaac Shelby, second to Kinross in the Group 2 Lennox Stakes at Glorious Goodwood earlier this month, finishing a neck behind the winner. Uh, Wathen 
Racing or Watan Racing is in need of a change of look uh, this week and they could well get it with Isaac Shelby hitting the frame here. Good to firm trip and the Naves Myers uh, slightly undulation tracks there should, uh, should all be in his favour here. So Isaac Shelby and uh, audience for me uh, tomorrow in uh, on Saturday uh, in the uh, three o'clock the city of York Stakes. Right now on to the race that was first run in 1843. The uh, the Eber handicap, class two handicap, uh, over one mile six furlong, uh, originally known as the Great Ebor handicap. Uh, it's off at three thirty five. Ben, your thoughts on the Eber? Yep, I will start with a little bit on the draw for this one, Tony, because despite you being a, a staying handicap over one mile six, uh, there are some interesting draw stats to factor into the equation. If you look at the last 15 York renewals, uh, the 2008 renewal was run at Newbury, so I'm only looking at the last 15 York renewals. If you split the draw into quarters, you see that quarter one of the draw, so that'd be stalls one to five this year, I've only produced one winner. You take it back to the last 25 renewals, you only get an additional two winners. So only three of the last 25 Ebor winners broke from quarter one of the draw. It's not an impossible place to be breaking from, but it has proven difficult. If you split the draw in half, you see that eight of the last 25 winners have come from the bottom half. And 17 have come from the top half of the draw. So two-thirds of the last 25 Ebor winners broke from the top half of the draw. It's been a negative to be drawn in quarter one and a positive to be drawn in the top half, quarters three and four. So well worth keeping those draw stats in mind when you're doing your own analysis. Uh, On the race trends front, I do have some race trends, but I'm going to stick them up in our blog post at some point on Friday instead of covering them on here. Uh, but using those trends, I would be looking at an Ebor shortlist of something along the lines of Real Dream, Live Your Dream, Script Writer and Adjuvance. Sweet William is the favourite right now. and He is a horse I've covered on the pod previously with this race in mind. So I am happy to see him lining up in it, but he's been given a low draw. Stall three. So making things a little trickier for Sweet William. Uh, I've been keeping him for couple of months now for the race, but yeah, the draw is a added something you probably didn't really want to have to consider, but yeah, still see won't be ideal for him. Uh, on those on my trend shortlist though, Real Dream I think he least have been plotted up for this perfectly. His three quick runs as a three-year-old to get a, a handy start and handicap mark. They then put him away for the season, uh, had wind surgery and a gelding operation in the off-season. To come back for a cosy win at Kempton on seasonal debut in May to get his mark up a little bit. They then ran him at York, also in May, get him used to the track. Uh, he ran a superb race that day as well in the Jorvik handicap from a very, very difficult draw. Gave him a little two-month break after that before getting a win into him at Ascot to make sure he was high enough up the weights to get into Ebor. That was also his first run over one mile six that day at Ascot. He clearly stayed the trip very, very easily. Uh, All that suggests that this has been a long-term plan from Connections. They've executed everything perfectly up to now. They've also been handed a prime high draw to attack from. I do really like the chances of Real Dream in the Ebor. I think he's got a, a cracking chance. Looks like perfectly plotted up by Stout and Connections. Um, 
I'll very likely play one or two others in this, but I'll be honest, right now I'm not sure who they'll be. Um, once we're finished on the pod, I'll be straight into pulling together my analysis for my members, finalising my plays in the race. But Real Dream, very keen on him for this. Tony, what have you got for us in the Ebor? Yeah, well, I did have a, a short list of four scriptwriter uh, who's drawn 20, uh, HMS President drawn 17, and a Real Dream. I'm with you on Real Dream, mate. Uh, cracking drawing 22. And, and also, I had down Adjuvant as well, because he ran it in a good uh, pre a key race for this race, uh, Adjuvant. So I will be putting Adjuvant instead of Morikana, because Morikana is now a... Uh, a non-runner now uh, in the race. Uh, it's only just come out in the last hour, I think. But uh, yeah, uh, Adjuvant goes in. Uh, he ran well in the uh, finished second to Sweet William in the uh, in the uh, Coral Summer Handicap at Glorious Goodwood, which is a, a decent um, a key race for this. He is drawn nine Adjuvant, which uh, sends me uh, really to uh, in the uh, direction of uh, HMS President, Real Dream, and Scriptwriter. But I'm going to have to leave Scriptwriter out because of. Uh, uh, basically num- high numbers here. I'll just play two tomorrow. But uh, if you want, uh, as Ben alluded to there, do your own, uh, you know, do your own form and stu- your form study and uh, trends and stats uh, study as well. Uh, but if you, I wouldn't put you off uh, backing the script right. And probably come tomorrow, I'll probably still play him at uh, a, a lower uh, lower wager than uh, Real Dream and HMS President. But Real Dream, winner of three of his last four starts, winning a Doncaster in June, uh, handicap in June, uh, nothing wrong with his third of 15 beating the length in a handicap at this venue back in May before a win at Ascot in July off an £8 lower mark uh, Ryan Moore has to be a positive for Sir Michael Stout he's not always freely available these days of course uh, for the trainer but it has to be a positive with Moore in the plate uh, in the Ebor and HMS president uh, Alan King fairly solid and consistent in his last uh, in his three starts this season uh, possibly kept back since finishing second of 18 beating a neck in the Duke of Edinburgh Stakes at Royal Ascot in June uh, a good run there by uh, HMS President and I think he can uh, he can run a big race from uh, stall 17 so it'll be me uh, playing HMS President each way and Real Dream each way uh, tomorrow in the E-Ball it uh, promises to be a cracking race as always uh, cheers Ben for that uh, and now here we go gang it's uh, the one you've been waiting for the one I've been waiting for because Ben's going to read out the current totals oh golly what a boy the great thing about loving football is you cannot explain why you love it it just happens chasing a ball around a park wanting one team to win against the other El Mahani right through it. Whips it. Oh, jeezy peeps, man. <laughs> Gets me every time. Yes, bit of pod you've all been waiting for. Top, middle, bottom. Before this week's selection, Ben, what's the scores on the doors after last week's action, please? I'd say yours yeah. first. <laughs> uh, last week's results. Just one winner for me. Bonnie Rig Rose couldn't hold on to their lead against Stranraer. I got Montrose Cove. Horribly wrong. So minus four points for me, but I'm not worried. I started minus 16 last year. Um, Tony, uh, yeah, again, all guns blazing, big man. Three (laughs) from three and plus 27.99 points profit. Take a bow, Tony. Thank you. That's brilliant. (laughs) 
how you stand and stuff. Um, so this week, let's try and claw back some art. Uh, my top move on bottom this week is the top Scottish Championship by over Airdrie to beat Cali Thistle at 21-20. to Cali have lost their last five matches, including a home defeat against Airdrie in the Cup. I think Cali might just struggle a little this season. Uh, well, Airdrie, they've started the season well, and they'll be looking to get a decent result here before they travel to Dundee United next week. So Airdrie, for me, in the top section. Middle, Scottish first. I'm jumping onto the Cove Rangers train and I'm going Cove Rangers to beat Queen of the South at 11 to 10. I definitely underestimated Cove last week and in fairness, they've made a decent start to the campaign. So not had easy games in the first few weeks. And they made some good signings since we relegated and they should be able to take care of Queen of the South here. Um, it's a fair old trek from Queen of the South up to Cove, Tony. How far do you reckon it is from Queen of the South to Cove? <laughs> Um, hundred and seventeen miles. Two hundred and twenty miles ish. Three and a half hours to four hour travelling time. So, Blimey. bit of a trek from Dumfries up to Aberdeenshire for. We've still got that nineteen sixty seven bus though, haven't they? Well, they might have updated a nineteen seventy <laughs> number now. <laughs> Maybe might I might have some old fashioned aircon in it. Hopefully. So, uh, Cove Rangers for me to beat the travelling Queen of the South. And bottom, Scottish second, East Fife to beat Elgin City at 69-50. East Fife have made a slow start to campaign, but there are, I think they're better than what they've shown. And Elgin, let's face it, it's as good a place as any to get your season up and running. Uh, East Fife have won the last five meetings between the teams. Um, I thought Elgin haven't made a bad start this season. They failed to score in the last four matches. They've also failed to score in seven of their last nine matches. And I will take East Fife to continue their dominance over Elgin with a win at Borough Briggs on Saturday. So, top, Airdrie, middle, Cove Rangers, bottom, East Fife, Tony. What have you got for us to follow up in your beauty of a score from last week? Plus 27.99, blimey. Wish, wish. Uh, Dunfermline to beat Wraith Rovers at five to four in the uh, in the, at the top middle. Uh, Hamilton uh, is the nap at home to Montrose at two to five. Uh, bottom Stenhouse Muirs yet to concede to beat the Sons of Dumbarton at twenty three to twenty. Dunfermline at five to four. Hamilton two to five. Stenhouse Muir at uh, twenty three to twenty. There you go. That's uh, you could have put a penny on that. And blimey, twenty-seven point nine nine. Goodness me, it's like hey, it's like a triple. We're, we're, we're playing by tight rules here, Tony. Twenty-seven point nine nine or nothing. Take it or leave it. Yeah, okay. You I'll take. I'll take that. You, I'll take that for a start. Twenty-eight just for the sake of it. So you come down to one point in the end, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Away, away with you. All right, many thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. Hopefully uh, some winners there for the final day of the EBA meeting as well as our top, middle and bottom uh, football Trixie. Remember, if you're nearly rising, catch me, Epic Radio, weekdays between 5 and 7. Then I uh, hop over to Shed Hot Radio, 7 till 9 weekdays, and you can catch Ben over on narrowingthefield.co.uk. We'll be back next week with next week's uh, with the next episode of the Racing Pod Blast. A big thanks for listening this week. Have a great weekend everyone and uh, good luck at the uh, at the York Festival <laughs>